Hi everyone, I'm Janet D. I'm recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia. So happy to see you here. Um, tonight we are continuing on with We Agnostics. We did the first half last week. We got to the bottom of page 52. And since there are a few new people, I am going to try and take like three minutes and summarize the first seven or eight pages. So I'm gonna talk Jersey guys. So I'm gonna talk really fast because um, we have a lot of really cool stuff tonight. So the first thing they do is they tell us, right, what defines an addict, wanting to stop, but being unable to. So just like people used to tell me, oh, she doesn't want to stop, or she'd be able to stop. And that wasn't true. I wanted to stop more than anything. But that gets me membership in this program, because wanting to stop, but being unable to defines an addict. And that was me. And they tell me on page 45, lack of desire isn't my problem. It's not lack of willingness. It's lack of power. It says that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves. And then it says, but where and how are we going to find this power? And it says, that's what this book is about. Its main purpose is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. So that's the purpose of this book, to teach us how to find this higher power that will solve our problem. And if we're gonna go on a treasure hunt for what this higher power is like, there we have our first clues. If this power is going to solve my problem, it has to be able to think, right? The wind is a power greater than me, but it can't think, so it can't solve my problem. This power has got to be smart. If it can figure out how to solve my problem, it has to be strong because this illness is stronger than I am. So this power has to be even stronger than me and stronger than the illness. And for me, most important, this power must care about me. Otherwise, why would it bother trying to solve my problem? So has a consciousness, smart, strong, and cares about me. Then we went through some of the prejudices that we have that just um, keep us from really looking at God or looking for God, you know, maybe a way we were brought up or a belief that, well, if I believe in God, that makes me weak. So we worked our way through that and we ended up talking about the Wright brothers and the book tells us on page 52 that they're almost the Wright brothers, almost childish faith that they could build a machine which would fly was the mainspring of their accomplishment. So we start talking about faith, that faith is actually currency in the spiritual world, right? If we think about our step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, that that belief actually does something. It, it's like a catalyst in the spiritual world so that things can happen, that um, so God can go to work. And so we left off talking about that. And so we will pick up on page 53, where they tell us that um, logic is great stuff. And they say, faith is actually reasonable. Um, now, again, we're 
on the physical plane, if a Martian was to look down and see us paying for things with credit cards and $20 bills, a Martian would think that is totally unreasonable because in Mars, I don't know how they do their transactions, but I'm sure it's not with American Express cards. So um, they're not used to seeing how we do business here. We're not really used to looking at how do, how do we deal with God? Not that God can be bought or that God's favors can be bought, but how do we interact with God? And they're saying, we need to really look at it. And they tell us when we've become compulsive eaters, crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we couldn't postpone or evade. We had to face the proposition that either God is everything or he is nothing. Now, I don't think they mean God is everything like, oh, God is this water bottle. I mean, I think that's, you know, I was a smart ass. So I would probably say, oh, you mean God's a water bottle? God's a cell phone. But I think what they're meaning is that God is going to be everything to us, meaning that his priorities and his will is going to take precedence in my life over everything else. Um, or else he's nothing. There's no half measures. It's not like God can be God of my food plan, but God, but not God of how I do my income taxes. Either it's all or nothing. And it's interesting. It says God is everything or else he's nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? Our choice. So it's kind of weird, right? Because you think, well, how can I help it if I believe or not? But they're saying we can make a decision to believe, right? I mean, we've made decisions not to believe. I can just change my mind and say, I'm, I'm going to believe. So they say that's a reasonable thing to do. And they say, okay, well, that's reasonable. But now let's talk about faith. And they're saying, okay, um, agnostic person, you may think you have no faith, but is that really true? I mean, I have faith in my own reasoning. If I wake up like this morning and say, it's Monday, I trust my brain that when I think it's Monday, it really is Monday, right? You know, people, it's, you know, very sad. People with, let's say, Alzheimer's can't trust their own reasoning. But I have faith, we have faith in our own reasoning. And we have faith in things lots of times, right? Um, every time we eat breakfast, we have faith that the eggs aren't poisoned. Now, how do we know? Did we run them through a chemical test to make sure? Well, I certainly don't. Um, I, you know, I'm sure you don't. So we have faith that like our food isn't poison. We have faith that when we lie down on the bed, the bed's not going to collapse. You know, I have faith that if I drop this water bottle, it's not going to float in the air. It's going to fall on the ground. So we have faith in all sorts of things. Um, so they say we really have faith so we can just make a decision what we're going to have faith in. But they say there's another part to this, and that's worship. Um, remember, if I say God is everything, in charge of everything, created everything, um, that's a God um, who's worthy of my worship. And if we're saying, well, no, you know, no, I, I don't go in for that stuff. 
And they say, you know what? We're all worshipers. And they tell us things that we worship. Other people, right? Who of us has not like had a crush on someone? And, you know, when we were in eighth grade or maybe older and felt our life would end if, you know, we couldn't have that person and we just, you know, just everything they did, we hung on their words. Or for me, when I was about 12 years old, Donny Osmond and David Cassidy worshiped them, just had their pictures on my wall. Um, that was it. Um, worship people, sentiment, the idea of being in love, you know, how noble, right? I'd have a boy who I liked who didn't like me back and I would sit there and say, oh, but we're looking at the same moon tonight. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, it's a crock of crap. You know, I liked a boy. He didn't like me back, but I worshiped things, right? Our jewelry, our jobs, money, and ourselves, meaning people should not say anything that makes me the least bit uncomfortable because I am the center of the world. So they say, okay, we worship that way. And sometimes we have a little better motives, right? We look at the sunset or the sea or a flower. Thinking sunsets are beautiful doesn't make us spiritual. It just like, it doesn't prove anything, but it shows we are hardwired to worship something. And they say, okay, if you're reasoning, you want to look at reason, you can't reason that. You can't reason worship. It's just in you. And they say, it's impossible to say we have no capacity for faith or love or worship. And worship means an adoring reverence, like respect and awe. So if we're going to worship, they're saying that we should worship God. A good way to do it, I mean, is music, right? And no matter what your religion, or even if you're no religion, there's plenty of songs um, that help a lot of people, you know, to, to get into worship, or there's poetry written, or we can write our own prayers to God, but there's, a, you know, we can worship. And they say, what if there was no faith? Then life would be impossible and worthless. We would never be able to eat without running to the chemist first. You know, we just, life wouldn't work at all. So, um, and they say, okay, what about people who proved man could never fly? Well, ultimately they were proven wrong, which says to me, just because I believe something doesn't mean it's true. I need to be ready to discard ideas that don't work. And they said, okay, well, now we see that man can fly, but what about a different kind of flight? Page 55, a spiritual liberation from this world, people who rose above their problems. They said, God made these things possible. And we only smiled. We saw spiritual release, but like to tell ourselves it wasn't true. You know, I think about that, that a um, couple things. We can start by looking around at what God has done for other people. People who say like, I was binging my brains out a month ago and now I'm like through the steps and sponsoring Annie. Um, so, you know, we say, well, only God could do something like that. 
but we tell ourselves it wasn't so. Why? Because we are people as a class who would rather be right than get better. At least that's how I was. I could hold on to being right, even if I wasn't getting better. Um, and then those of you who know me know my favorite part of the book um, where it says, We'd seen spiritual release, but like to tell ourselves it wasn't true. Actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it is there. Okay, they're saying deep down in everyone is the fundamental idea of God. Like, let's think about that a minute. That is truly amazing. They're saying that inside all of us, along with like our two lungs, our heart, two kidneys, is God planted the fundamental idea of himself. So it's there, whether I believe him or not, not it's there. I mean, people say they're agnostic. They don't believe in God. What if I were a lung agnostic? and didn't believe that I had lungs. Well, I could believe it or not. You know, if I'm breathing, I have lungs. And whether I believe it or not, the, the idea of God is inside of me. It's there, it's right between the lungs, um, metaphorically. So, but then it says the things that can obscure it. So why can't I know? And it says calamity, pomp, worship of other things. So calamity, this was Bill Wilson's problem. He said, yeah, there's, a, I can concede there might be a God out there, but on page 11, he talks about, let me see, he says, the war, the chicanery, um, the burnings, the religious disputes. And he goes so far as to say, if there was a devil, he seemed the boss. I mean, that's a pretty rough statement, but he'd been in war. He'd seen a lot of horrible things. And he's like, yeah, no, it doesn't seem like God can be in charge. So calamity blocked him. But Ebby, the person who came and 12-stepped him, helped him to get unblocked. He didn't argue with him. He just said, Bill, I don't know. All I know is once I gave my life over to God, trusted him, gave him my alcohol problem, sought to do his will. It was like a hand reached into me and yanked out the alcohol obsession. So, you know, we aren't going to know, like, I don't know why God is allowing this war in Ukraine or why God allows human trafficking. Um, and I would say, well, if I were God, I wouldn't allow that to happen. Um, but I'm a person who couldn't manage my own life. There's no way I could manage the universe. So I just have to defer and say, I don't understand, but it's okay. And I know that ultimately God is good. Um, by pomp, well, that's just worship of, of me. That anytime someone says something, if I would either get angry, like how dare they say it to me or hurt, like, they hurt my feelings, you know, because I'm so sensitive. What is that? But just like pride flipped upside down that people need to walk on eggshells around me. So my feelings don't get hurt. 
um, and worship of other things. So we talked about that, right? Money, other people. So if I've got these things, these spiritual cataracts, that's going to obscure my view of God. Um, but they tell us that even if it's obscured, it's still there. That says for faith and a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. I love that. It tells us we have faith in God, but along with faith, there's also miraculous demonstrations, right? What good is it if I were to believe in God and I was still shoving food down my throat all day long? Miraculous demonstrations of this power. And they say, okay, we saw that there really was a God and we had to search fearlessly, but he's there. And again, they tell us again, search, sweep away prejudice, think honestly, search diligently. So again, it's like, um, it's like God's playing a bit of hide and seek, but he's not hiding in a tricky place. He's not hard, hiding in any place hard. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to be in relationship with him and he doesn't make it hard. And they close the chapter with like the greatest story about the minister's son. And that story is um, the story, our Southern friend, which starts on page 208. I would just recommend this whole story. It's awesome. Um, so let's just go through this a little bit because this is just a good example that they show us. Page 56, they talk about minister son who's in the hospital now. And it says kind of some things in our life, in his life that could help us see why. He had pride. Um, he looked at the world as if it had a lot of calamity. He had some resentment and he's in a hospital. And he's there and he has a friend, a fellow inmate. And he says, if there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. So a bit of self-pity there. And then um, I've, I actually went into the story, our Southern friend, to see what really happened. Because later he says, is it possible all the religious people I've known are wrong? Well, what happened that made him go from you know, if there is a God, he hasn't done anything for me to opening up his mind. So he, on page 214, he goes to see his friend there. We'll call him Al. And he says, um, to the minister's son just goes to him for help. And Al says, you think you're hopeless, don't you? I know it, replies the minister's son. Well, you're not, says Al. There are men on the streets of New York today who are worse than you and don't drink anymore. Um, and then he says, well, what happened? And Al goes through asking him if he believes in a power greater than himself, no matter what he calls it, and if he's willing to do this work. And the minister's son says, I'll do anything. So at this point, he has a first step. He knows he's powerless over alcohol and his life is unmanageable and he's willing. And as um, Herb Kay says, a beautiful quote that I love, willingness opens the door to grace. So he's willing. He says, I'll do anything. Then all of your troubles are over, says Al. 
Minister Sun walks back to his room and thinks, huh, is it possible that all the religious people I've known are wrong? And he goes back to see Al after he hears this thought, who are you to say there is no God? So see, he opened the door to grace by his willingness and God answered, who are you to say that I don't exist? He gets out of bed, right? So this guy's willing, goes down the hall back to see Al and says, I must ask you a question. How does prayer fit into this thing? And I think this is so important. And this shows me why for so many years, I got nothing from my prayers. Well, Al answers, you've probably tried praying like I have. When you've been in a jam, you said, God, please do this or that. And if it turned out your way, that was the last of it. And if it didn't, you said, there isn't any God or he doesn't do anything for me. Is that right? Yes, I reply. That isn't the way he continued. The thing I do is to say, God, here I am and here are all my troubles. I've made a mess of things and can't do anything about it. You take me and all my troubles and do anything you want with me. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And so here's the difference. I used to treat God like Santa Claus. Here's my wish list. You know, now here's what I need you to do for me. Make me stop eating. Make this boy like me. Make me get this job. You know, all of it. Or like a genie in the bottle. More like it. I'll rub the lamp. You come out when I want you. And after you've granted me my wishes, get back in that lamp and leave me alone. But Al said, that's not the way to do it. Right? The thing to do is to say, God, here I am. And here's all my troubles. Remember, God is everything. God gets all of me or nothing. I've made a mess of things, first step, and can't do anything about it. You take me in all my troubles and do anything you want with me. So again, it's faith in action. And the minister's son says, yes, that answers my question. And then he says, I return to bed. It doesn't make sense. Suddenly, I feel a wave of utter hopelessness sweep over me. I'm in the bottom of hell. And there a tremendous hope is born. It might be true. Right? Sometimes all we have is a maybe. And I say that that's good enough, that we can go to God, even if we don't believe in God. So then we can say it like this, because we always um, we always want to be honest with our prayers. Um, we can say, God, I don't know if you even exist. And if you do exist, I don't know if you care about me. But if you do exist and you do care, I need some help. And I'm willing to give you everything. And I'm willing to try to live my life the way you want me to. The worst thing that can happen is that there's no God. You're talking to like dead air and nothing happens. But I don't believe that. And I think the experience of a lot of people here will say that um, there is a God and that a prayer like that coupled with action, right, to start living the way we think God would have us makes a difference that's so radical that it's the beginning of, of a change. Just like what Bill Wilson said about Ebby, his roots grasped a new soil. 
it's the beginning of um i don't know god doing a cosmic gardening job in our soul um i spoke on a meeting today about god changing the soil of our soul and someone sent me a text and said yeah it changes soil to soul what's the difference an i becomes a you that's sweet and that's really what happens our soul soil changes so that we stop thinking so much of ourselves and we start being concerned with god and other people so here's the minister's son he says his maybe prayer it might be true and he says i tumble out of bed onto my knees i know not what i say but i bet it was some form of that maybe prayer slowly a great peace comes to me i feel lifted up i believe in god see he gave god an opening he did the seeking god wasn't hiding in a tricky place i believe in god i crawl back into bed and sleep like a child and then the story continues on there in our southern friend that people come to visit him and he never drinks again but back to our chapter we agnostics it says um it gives a beautiful description page 56 he tumbled out of bed to his knees in a few seconds he was overwhelmed see it just took a few seconds and then he was overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of god it poured over and through him with the certainty and majesty of a great tide at flood he stood in the presence of infinite power and love remember what our problem is right how the book defines it lack of power and now he is in the presence of infinite power and not just power right like a hurricane can be well not infinite but that could be some pretty big power but infinite power and love knowing that this was a power that loved him and it says for the first time he lived in conscious companionship with his creator companionship with his creator and he says that put his cornerstone in place nothing else that ever happened in his life shook it and his alcohol problem was taken away and that was my experience too um i said i guess a variation of the maybe prayer i believed in god but it didn't make much difference in my life and i remember for me my willingness took the form of taking a very tough sponsor who i knew would let me get away with nothing and leaving the meeting and in the parking lot saying god i've always had fixed ideas of what you were like and how to worship you i'm willing to admit i'm wrong and to start over and let you show me what you're like and how to worship you and um i didn't know it at the time i didn't feel like where he says he just felt this great conviction um but it set something in motion in the spiritual realm and the obsession to binge and purge and i had been binging right before that meeting um was taken away so he says um page 57 god had restored his sanity and they say what is this but a miracle of healing you know miracles i was was reading a book recently and it's like well miracles couldn't happen all the time because then this earth 
Like we'd have no security on this earth if every time someone was about to get in some kind of trouble, you know, every time two cars were about to collide, they stopped. I mean, no one could drive. Like we have to have a sense of certainty. And I was thinking how lucky we are because for whatever reason, God has decided that for all of us, any addict who follows like a prescribed path, he will do a miracle. Like, I don't have that when I get in my car that, you know, if I'm about to get in an accident, God will just do a miracle. But, you know, we have like, so God may not be doing miracles all over the place, but he's doing them all over the place here in 12 step rooms. And it says, what is this but a miracle of healing? Yet its elements are simple. So they are giving us the recipe, the formula for a miracle. One, circumstances made him willing to believe. Remember, willingness opens the door to grace. Willingness. He humbly offered himself to his maker. God is everything. Then he knew. So it's not God, show me. Then I'll believe in you. It's God, my life is such a mess. Um, take it all. Because whatever you do with it can't be any worse than what I'm doing with myself. But beyond that, I see the love that you've poured out on my friends and fellows. And I'm going to trust you, even if it's baby steps of trust. I'm going to trust you and give you all. I'm going to stop cheating on my taxes. I'm going to stop cheating on my husband. I mean, that's just an example. I don't cheat on my husband or my taxes. You know, I'm going to stop cheating. I'm going to stop lying. I'm going to stop. If there's one parking space and two people fighting for it, I'm going to let the other guy get it. I'm going to stop saying I'm going to be nice only to people who are nice to me. I'm going to be nice to everyone I can. I'm going to sacrifice my time. I'm going to give of my money. I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to cooperate with you replanting me. He humbly offered himself to his maker. Then he knew. Even so has God restored us all. That's 100% to our right minds. Interesting how they use that word minds, right? Of course, because our book says in the next chapter, once the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. It says, to this man, the revelation was sudden. Some of us grow into it more slowly, but he has come to all 100% who have honestly sought him. And then it closes with a promise. You know, it's talking all through the book about seeking and different ways to seek, how to put aside our prejudices, how to put aside our spiritual cataracts. And it closes with the promise. When we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. How magnificent is that? Like the God who flung the stars and decided where the planets should be and decided whether or not Pluto should be a planet, right? That God discloses himself to us. That is what this program promises to us. It is a miracle and we have its recipe and we are just the most fortunate of all people. And with that, I pass. Thanks.